irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. The biological and geological future of the Earth can be extrapolated based on the estimated effects of several long-term influences. These include chemistry at the Earth's surface, the rate of cooling of the planet's interior, the gravitational interactions with other objects in the solar system, and a steady increase in the sun's luminosity. An uncertain factor in this extrapolation is the ongoing influence of technology introduced by humans, such as geoengineering, which could cause significant changes to the planet. The current biotic crisis is being caused by technology, and the effects may last for up to five million years. In turn, Technology may result in the extinction of humanity, leaving the planet to gradually return to a slower evolutionary pace, resulting slowly and solely from long-term natural processes. Over time, intervals of hundreds of millions of years, random celestial events, pose a global risk to the biosphere, which can result in mass extinctions. These include impacts by comets or asteroids with diameters of 5 to 10 kilometers or 3 to 6 miles wide or more, and the possibility of a massive stellar explosion called a supernova, 
within a hundred light-year radius of the Sun. This is called a near-Earth supernova. Other large-scale geological events are more predictable if the long-term effects of global warming are disregarded. Milankovitch theory predicts that the planet will continue to undergo glacial periods at least until the quaternary glaciations come to an end. These periods are caused by eccentricity, axial tilt, and precession of the Earth's orbit. As part of the ongoing supercontinent cycle, plate tectonics will probably result in a supercontinent in 250 to 350 million years from now. Sometime in the next one and a half to four and a half billion years, the axial tilt of the Earth may begin to undergo chaotic variations with changes in the axial tilt of up to an astonishing 90%. During the next four billion years, the luminosity of the sun will steadily increase, resulting in a rise in solar radiation reaching the Earth. This will cause a higher rate of weathering of silicate minerals, which will cause a decrease in the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. In about 600 million years, the level of CO2 will fall below the level needed to sustain carbon-3, which is carbon fixation photosynthesis used by trees. Some plants use the C4 carbon fixation method, allowing them to persist at a CO2 concentrations as low as 10 parts per million. However, the long-term trend is for plant life to die off altogether. The extinction of plants will be the demise of almost all animal life, since plants are the base of the food chain on Earth. In about 1.1 billion years, the solar luminosity will be 10% higher than at present. This will cause the atmosphere to become a moist greenhouse, resulting in a runaway evaporation of the oceans. As a likely consequence, plate tectonics will come to an end. Following this event, the planet's magnetic dynamo may also come to an end, causing the magnetosphere to decay and leading to an accelerated loss of volatiles from the outer atmosphere. Four billion years from now, the increase in the Earth's surface temperature will cause a runaway greenhouse effect. By that point, most, if not all, life on the surface will be extinct. The most probable fate of the planet is absorption by the sun in about 7.5 billion years after the sun has entered the red giant phase and has expanded to cross the planet Earth's current orbit. Humans 
now play a key role in the biosphere. With the large human population dominating many of Earth's ecosystems, this has resulted in a widespread, ongoing extinction of other species during the present geological epoch, now known as the Holocene extinction. The large-scale loss of species caused by human influence since the 1950s has been called a biotic crisis, with an estimated 10% of the total species lost as of 2007. At current rates, about 30% of the species are at risk of extinction in the next 100 years. The Holocene extinction event is the direct result of habitat destruction. The widespread distribution of invasive species, hunting, and climate change. In the present day, human activity has had a significant impact on the surface of the planet. More than a third of the land surface has been modified by human actions, and humans use about 20% of the global primary production. The concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has increased by close to 30% since the start of the Industrial Revolution. The consequences of a persistent biotic crisis have been predicted to last for at least five million years. It could result in a decline in the biodiversity and homogenization of biotas, accompanied by a proliferation of species that are opportunistic, such as pests and weeds. Novel species may also emerge. In particular, taxa that prosper in human-dominated ecosystems may rapidly diversify into many new species. Microbes are likely to benefit from the increase in nutrient-enriched environmental niches. However, no new species of existing large vertebrates are likely to arise, and food chains will probably be shortened. There are multiple scenarios for known risks that can have a global impact on the planet. From the perspective of humanity, these can be subdivided into survivable risks and terminal risks risks that humanity posed to itself include the misuse of nanotechnology, a nuclear holocaust, warfare with programmed superintelligence, a genetically engineered disease, or perhaps a disaster caused by a physics experiment. Similarly, several natural events may pose a doomsday threat 
including a highly virulent disease, the impact of an asteroid or comet, runaway greenhouse effect, and resource depletion. There may also be the possibility of an infestation by an extraterrestrial life form. The actual odds of these scenarios are difficult, if not impossible, to deduce. Should the human race become extinct, then the various features assembled by humanity will begin to decay. The largest structures have an estimated decay half-life of about 1,000 years. The last surviving structures would most likely be open pit mines, large landfills, major highways, wide canal cuts, and earth-fill flank dams. A few massive stone monuments like the pyramids at the Giza Necropolis or the sculptures at Mount Rushmore may still survive in some form after one million years. As the sun orbits the Milky Way, randomly moving stars may approach close enough to have a disruptive influence on the solar system. A close stellar encounter may cause a significant reduction in the perihelion distance of comets in the Oort cloud, a spherical region of ice bodies orbiting within half a light year of the Sun. Such an encounter can trigger a 40-fold increase in the number of comets reaching the inner solar system. Impacts from these comets can trigger a mass extinction of life on Earth. These disrupted encounters occur at an average of once every 45 million years, which means we're due. The mean time for the sun to collide with another star in the solar neighborhood is approximately 3 times 10 to the 13th years, which is much larger and a much longer time than the estimated age of the Milky Way galaxy at 2 times 10 to the 10 years. This can be taken as an indication of the low likelihood of such an event occurring during the lifetime of the Earth. The energy release from the impact of an asteroid or comet with a diameter of 5 to 10 kilometers or 3 to 6 miles or larger is sufficient to create a global environmental disaster and cause a statistical significant increase in the number of species extinctions. Among the deleterious effects resulting from a major impact event is a cloud of fine dust ejecta blanketing the planet, which lowers land temperatures by about 15 degrees Celsius or 27 degrees Fahrenheit within a week and halts photosynthesis for several months. The mean time between major impacts is estimated to be at least 100 million years. During the last 540 million years, 
Simulations demonstrated that such an impact rate is sufficient to cause five to six mass extinctions and 20 to 30 lower severity events. This matches the geological record of significant extinctions during the Phanerozoic Eon. Such events can be expected to continue well into the future. A supernova. It is a cataclysmic explosion of a star within the Milky Way galaxy. Supernova explosions occur on average once every 40 years. During the history of the Earth, multiple such events have likely occurred within a distance of 100 light years. Explosions inside this distance can contaminate the planet with radioisotopes and possibly impact the biosphere. Gamma rays emitted by a supernova react with nitrogen in the atmosphere, producing nitrous oxides. These molecules cause a depletion of the ozone layer that protects the surface from ultraviolet radiation from the sun. An increase in UVB radiation of only 10 to 30 percent is sufficient to cause a significant impact to life, particularly to the phytoplankton that form the base of the oceanic food chain. A supernova explosion at a distance of 26 light years will reduce the ozone column density by one half. On average, a supernova explosion occurs within 32 light years once every few hundred million years, resulting in a depletion of the ozone layer lasting several centuries. Over about the next two billion years, there will be about 20 supernova explosions and one gamma ray burst that will have significant impact on the planet's biosphere. The incremental effect of gravitational perturbations between the planets causes the inner solar system as a whole to behave chaotically over long periods of time. This does not significantly affect the stability of the solar system over intervals of a few million years or less, but over billions of years, the orbits of the planets become unpredictable. Computer simulations of the solar system's evolution over the next five billion years suggests that there is a small, meaning less than one percent chance, that a collision could ever occur between Earth and either Mercury, Venus, or Mars. During the same interval, the odds that the Earth would be scattered out of the solar system by a passing star are on the order of one part in ten to the fifth in such a scenario, the oceans would freeze solid within several million years, 
leaving only a few pockets of liquid water about 14 kilometers or 9 miles underground. There is a remote but slim chance that the Earth will be instead be captured by a passing binary star system, allowing the planet's biosphere to remain intact. The odds of this happening are about one chance in three million. Historically, there have been cyclical ice ages in which glacial sheets periodically covered the higher latitudes of the continents. Ice ages may occur because of changes in ocean circulation and continentally induced by plate tectonics. The Milkanovich theory predicts that glacial periods occur during ice ages because of astronomical factors in combination with climate feedback mechanisms. The primary astronomical drivers are higher than normal orbital eccentricities, a low axial tilt or obliquity, and the alignment of summer solstice with the aphelion. Each of these effects occur cyclically. For example, the eccentricity changes over time cycles of about 100,000 and 400,000 years, with the value ranging from less than 0.01 to up to 0.05. This is equivalent to a change of the semi-minor axis of the planet's orbit from 99.95% of the semi-major axis to 99.88% respectively. The Earth is passing through an ice age known as the Quaternary Glaciation, and it's presently in the Holocene interglacial period. This period would normally be expected to end in about 25,000 years. However, the increased rate of carbon dioxide releases into the atmosphere by humans may delay the onset of the next glacial period until at least 50,000 to 100,000 years from now. On the other hand, a global warming period of finite duration, based on the assumption that fossil fuels used will cease by the year 2200, will probably only impact the glacial period for about 5,000 years. Thus, a brief period of global warming induced through a few centuries worth of greenhouse gas emissions would only have a limited impact long-term of about 5,000 years. The tidal acceleration of the moon slows the rotation rate of the Earth and increases the Earth-Moon distance. Friction between the core and the mantle and between the atmosphere and the surface can dissipate the Earth's rotational energy. 
These combined effects are expected to increase the length of the day by more than one and a half hours over the next 250 million years, and to increase the obliquity by about half a degree. The distance to the moon will increase by about one and a half Earth radii during the same period. Based on computer models, the presence of the moon appears to stabilize the obliquity of the Earth, which may help the planet avoid dramatic climate changes. This stability is achieved because the moon increases the precession rate of the Earth's spin axis, thereby avoiding resonances between the precession of the spin and the precession frequencies of the ascending node of the planet's orbit, that is the precession motion of the elliptic. However, as the semi-major axis of the moon's orbit continues to increase in the future, this stabilizing effect will diminish. At some point, perturbation effects will probably cause chaotic variations in the obliquity of the Earth, and the axial tilt may change by angles as high as 90 degrees from the plane of the orbit. This is expected to occur within about 1.5 to 4.5 billion years, although the exact time is unknown. A high obliquity would probably result in dramatic changes in the climate and may destroy the planet's habitability. When the axial tilt of the Earth reaches 54 degrees, the equator will receive less radiation from the sun than the poles. The planet could remain in an obliquity of 60, de 60 degrees to 90 degrees for as periods as long as 10 million years. Tectonic-based events will continue to occur well into the future, and the surface will be steadily reshaped by tectonic uplift, extrusions, and erosion. Mount Vesuvius can be expected to erupt about 40 times over the next 1,000 years. During the same period, about five to seven earthquakes of magnitude eight or greater should occur along the San Andreas Fault, while about 50 magnitude nine events may be expected worldwide. Mauna Loa should experience about 200 eruptions over the next 1,000 years, and the Old Faithful Geyser will likely cease to operate. Niagara Falls will continue to retreat upstream, reaching Buffalo in about 30 to 50,000 years. In 10,000 years, the post glacial rebound of the Baltic Sea will have reduced the depth by about 90 meters or 300 feet. 
The Hudson Bay will decrease in depth by over 100 meters over that same period. After 100,000 years, the island of Hawaii will have shifted about 9 kilometers or 5.5 miles to the northwest. The planet may be entering another glacial period by this time. The theory of plate tectonics demonstrates that the continents of the Earth are moving across the surface at the rate of a few centimeters per year. This is expected to continue, causing the plates to relocate and collide. Continental drift is facilitated by two factors, the energy generated within the planet and the presence of a hydrosphere. With the loss of either of these, continental drift will come to a halt. The production of heat through radiogenic processes is sufficient to maintain mantle convection and plate subduction for at least the next 1.1 billion years. At present, the continents of North and South America are moving westward, away from Africa and Europe. Researchers have produced several scenarios about how this will continue in the future. These geodynamic models can be distinguished by the subduction flux, whereby the oceanic crust moves under a continent. In the introversion model, the younger interior, Atlantic Ocean becomes preferentially subducted and the current migration of North and South America is reversed. In the extroversion model, the older exterior Pacific Ocean remains preferentially subducted and North and South America migrate towards Eastern Asia. As the understanding of geodynamics improve, these models were subject to revision. In 2008, for example, a computer simulation was used to predict that a re reorganization of the mantle convection will occur over the next 100 million years, causing a supercontinent composed of Africa, Eurasia, Australia, Antarctica, and South America to form around the current continent of Antarctica. Regardless of the outcome of continental migration, the continued subduction processes causes water to be transported to the mantle. After a billion years from the present, a geophysical model gives an estimate that 20% of the current ocean mass will have been subducted. If this process were to continue unmodified into the future, the subduction and release would reach a point of stability after 65% of the current ocean mass had been subducted.
Scientists have mapped out the predicted motions of several hundred million years into the future as part of the PaleoMap project. In their scenario, 50 million years from now, the Mediterranean Sea may vanish and the collision between Europe and Africa will create a long mountain range extending to the current location of the Persian Gulf. Australia will merge with Indonesia and Baja California will slide northwards along the coast. New subduction zones may appear off the eastern coast of North and South America and mountain chains will form along those coastlines. To the south, the migration of Antarctic to the north will cause all of its ice sheets to melt. This, along with the melting of Greenland ice sheets, will raise the average ocean level by 90 meters or 300 feet. The inland flooding of the continents will result in climate changes. As this scenario continues, by 100 million years from the present, the continental spreading will have reached its maximum extent, and the continents will then begin to coalesce. In 250 million years, North America will collide with Africa, while South America will wrap around the southern tip of Africa. The result will be the formation of a new supercontinent. Sometimes it's called Pangaea Ultima, with the Pacific Ocean stretching across half the planet. The continent of Antarctica will reverse direction and return to the South Pole, building up a new ice cap. Now for the competing model. Scientists predict in the theory of extroversion that the continents of North and South America would continue to advance across the Pacific Ocean, pivoting about Siberia until they begin to merge with Asia. They dub the resulting supercontinent Amasia. It is also calculated a similar prediction that Antarctica would start to migrate northward and East Africa and Madagascar would move across the Indian Ocean to collide with Asia. In this, the extroversion model, the closure of the Pacific Ocean would be complete in about 350 million years, as opposed to the introversion model where the Pacific Ocean becomes half of the planet. This extroversion model marks the completion of the current supercontinent cycle wherein the continents split apart and then rejoin each other about every 400 to 500 million years. Once a supercontinent is built, plate tectonics may enter a period of inactivity as the rate of subduction drops by an order of magnitude. 
this period of stability could cause an increase in the mantle temperature at the rate of 30 to 100 degrees Kelvin or 30 to 100 degrees Celsius every 100 million years, which is the minimum lifetime of past supercontinents. As a consequence, volcanic activity may also increase. The formation of a supercontinent can dramatically affect the environment. The collision of plates will result in mountain building, thereby shifting weather patterns. Sea levels may fall because of increased glaciation. The rate of surface weathering can rise, resulting in an increase in the rate of organic material that is buried. Supercontinents can cause a drop in global temperatures and an increase in the atmospheric oxygen. This, in turn, can affect the climate, further lowering temperatures. All of these changes can result in more rapid biological evolution as new niches emerge. The formation of a supercontinent insulates the mantle. The flow of heat will be concentrated, resulting in volcanism and the flooding of large areas with basalt. Rifts will form and the supercontinent will split up once more. The planet may then experience a warming period, as occurred during the Cretaceous period. The outer core of the Earth. The iron-rich core regions of the Earth is divided into a 760-mile or 1,200-kilometer radius of a solid inner core and a 2,100-mile or 3,500-kilometer radius of a liquid outer core. The rotation of the Earth creates convective eddies in the outer core region that causes its to function as a dynamo. This generates a magnetosphere about the Earth that deflects particles from the solar wind, which prevents significant erosion of the atmosphere from sputtering. As heat from the core is transferred outwards towards the mantle, the next trend is for the inner boundary of the liquid outer core region to freeze thereby releasing thermal energy and causing the solid inner core to grow. This iron crystallization process has been ongoing for about a billion years. In the modern era, the radius of the inner core is expanding at an average rate of roughly 0.5 millimeters or 0.02 inches per year at the expense of the outer core. Nearly all the energy needed to power the dynamo is being supplied by this process of inner core formation. The growth of the inner core may be expected to consume most of the outer core by some three to four billion years from now, resulting in a nearly solid core composed of iron and other heavy elements.
the surviving liquid envelope, will mainly consist of lighter elements that will undergo less mixing. Alternatively, if at some point plate tectonics comes to an end, the interior will cool less efficiently, which may end the growth of the inner core. In either case, this can result in the loss of the magnetic dynamo. Without a functioning dynamo, the magnetic field of the Earth will decay in a geologically short period of time of roughly 10,000 years. The loss of the magnetosphere will cause an increase in erosion of light elements, particularly hydrogen, from the Earth's outer atmosphere into space resulting in less favorable conditions for life. The energy generated by the sun is based upon thermonuclear fusion of hydrogen into helium. This occurs in the core region of the star using the proton-proton chain reaction process. Because there is no convection in the solar core, the helium concentration builds up in a region without being distributed throughout the star. The temperature of the core of the sun is too low for nuclear fusion of helium atoms, though the triple alpha process so the atoms do not contribute to the energy generation that is needed to maintain hydrostatic equilibrium of the sun. With that said, at present, nearly half the hydrogen at the core has been consumed, with the remainder of the atoms consisting of primarily of helium. As the number of hydrogen atoms per unit mass decrease, so too does the energy output provided through nuclear fusion. This results in a decrease in the pressure support, which causes the core to contract until the increased density and temperature bring the core pressure into equilibrium with the layers above. The higher temperatures causes the remaining hydrogen to undergo fusion at a more rapid rate, thereby generating the energy needed to maintain equilibrium. The result of this process has been a steady increase in the energy output of the sun. When the sun first became a main sequence star, it radiated only 70% of the current luminosity. The luminosity has increased in nearly linear fashion to the present by rising 1% every 110 million years. Likewise, in 3 billion years, the sun is expected to be 33% more luminous the hydrogen fuel at the core will finally be exhausted in 4.8 billion years, when the sun will be 67% more luminous than present. 
thereafter the sun will continue to burn hydrogen in a shell surrounding its core until the increase in luminosity reaches 121% of the present value. This marks the end of the sun's main sequence lifetime, and thereafter it will pass through the subgiant stage and evolve into a red giant. Once the core hydrogen is exhausted in 4.8 billion years, the sun will expand into a subgiant phase and slowly double in size over about half a billion years. It will then expand more rapidly over about half a billion more years until it is over 200 times larger than it is today. With the increased surface area of the sun, the amount of energy emitted will increase. Unless Earth's orbital radius increases significantly, the global temperature of the Earth will climb because of the rising luminosity of the Sun. As global surface temperatures continue to rise, more water will start to evaporate away into space. The current atmospheric escape rate of hydrogen in the oceans is approximately one meter of ocean every billion years. But as the sun continues to warm, the rate will increase to at least one meter of ocean every million years. The gradual loss of Earth's water will ultimately cause plate tectonics to gradually slow down and to grind to a halt as water is a lubricant for tectonic activity. And with all the water gone, the crust will dry out and become too hard to be subducted into the mantle. With cessation of plate tectonics, no more carbon will be released into the atmosphere via volcanic activity nor will be subducted into the ocean floor, therefore causing the carbon cycle to cease altogether. Some scientists say the oceans may evaporate much earlier, in about a billion years. With the rate of weathering of silicate minerals will increase, this in turn will decrease the level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. The weathering process convert carbon dioxide into carbonate materials within the next 600 million years from present. The concentration of CO2 will fall below the critical threshold needed to sustain C3 photosynthesis, which is about 50 parts per billion. At this point, trees and forests in their current form will no longer be able to survive the last living trees being evergreen conifers. Your journey is now ending.
You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.